This is the radio broadcast of Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and I hope you join us today as we listen to the conclusion of a sermon my husband delivered based on 1 Samuel chapter 15 and the deception of King Saul. This sermon is part of a larger series entitled Heavenly Authority. And if you have listened in the past, you know that we have been going through an in-depth study of the Bible in this series. So now let's rejoin Pastor Greg. It's against God's nature to lie. When you look in Titus chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. It's against God's nature to lie. So when God's servants, when his representative like Saul, so carelessly uncaringly, selfishly play with the truth, and they lie before the people, he lies to Samuel, not only is it foolhardiness on their part, because why? They've forgotten who they serve. They've forgotten what he's like. They've forgotten he's all-powerful. And they think somehow they're going to get away with it. Not only is it foolhardy, but it brings the way of God into shame. It brings the people of God into deception, and it does not reflect the true nature of their master. That's why I think it's such a subtle thing that we've spoken about the irreverence and all the rest, but just that attitude that Saul somehow thinks he can, you know, say something not true, and Samuel will buy it, and that makes it okay, and he doesn't have a God to answer to. This is an attitude that has propagated itself among religious leaders for centuries, before the time of Jesus and since. Saul is not a good representative of the Lord Yahweh. He is not showing the holy name of God. He has profaned the name of God. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 2 and verse 24, For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Isn't that so true when Christians who are in leadership practice deceptions and lies? And when any Christian tramples on the truth for their own purposes? Because ultimately the truth will come out, and then those liars are left open for everyone to see in their shame. Remember the armor of God, the full armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6? What we are to place upon us to keep ourselves safe in the spiritual battle against the enemy, against the wiles of the devil to be able to stand, and when we've done everything, stand. There is one part of that armor, he says in verse 14, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Having girded your waist with truth. The NIV says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Girded, a belt around the waist. And that belt in those days could hold, you know, a sword or a dagger. It could hold an ink horn for writing if you were a scribe. You put implements in it. It kept your garment in place 
It allowed for rapid movement. Many times they said they girded up their loins, they would take the loose ends of their clothes, and they would tuck it in their belts so that they could run, they could move, and not trip over their clothing. Other times, belts held the clothing in place, just like on a pants today. The belt holds the pants up so that it doesn't fall down. Well, when a Christian, when a person in Christian leadership does not put the truth on like a garment, does not buckle on the truth, ultimately they will trip and fall, or they will be left naked and shameful, even as if a belt is not buckled, the pants can come down, and they're there standing in their shame. They're exposed, they're tripped up, and in the world's eyes, all of God's ways then become discredited. The reputation of Christianity is terribly injured, because here's one who is professing a holy name, and they're caught in their shame of their lies and their untruthfulness and their sins. And the devil has a way of leading people into sin and then making it worse and worse by all the deceptions that build up until finally there are those that say, enough of this. Well, how can you believe any of it? What a terrible stain it is. And you can see then the reason why Jesus was hardest on the religious leaders of his day. And he would call them what? He called them hypocrites. And you can tell from the sound, if you, if you read in uh, Matthew chapter 23, woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, you hypocrites, over and over again. I won't do it here now. But, you know, you can't walk away from that chapter in Matthew 23, not understand that Jesus is really mad at these guys. He is angrier at them than anyone else. You hypocrites, you hypocrites. Well, what is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is pretending to be what one is not. In the language of Jesus' day, the Greek that we have in the New Testament, that word hypocrite was used in Greek drama, in Greek theater. A hypocrite was one who wore a mask and who played an acting role on stage in the theater. It's our word actor. That was a hypocrite. They would take those Greek masks, you see them, they put them on and they would go on the stage, they would play the role. Woe to you, you Pharisees, you scribes, you actors, you hypocrites. You're playing at it. They played at being religious, being godly. Oh, we save the herds for God, Saul says. We're going to do this as a religious thing for the Lord. He's playing at being religious. You act as you hypocrites to look a certain way. If they really were that way, they would be awfully afraid of their boss. They would know who he is and what he's like and how in his judgment seat their mouths will be silenced. Instead, it's a theatrical display to win praise and honor for themselves, just as Adonias and Sapphira just as Saul here, when in 1 Samuel chapter 15, he says, for the people spare the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice the Lord God. And then later on, he says in verse 30, I have sinned, yet honor me now, please, before the elders of my people and before Israel. 
still looking for the honor, still looking for the praise, concerned more with men and will lie any which way to get the praise of men rather than fearing God for who he is. And Jesus said over and over again, woe to you, you hypocrites. In Luke chapter 12, we're going, we're going to move into the New Testament. So here's an important New Testament scripture concerning those in authority. Luke chapter 12 and verse 1 says, In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, notice he tells them this as the people are coming, as you can't count the number of people coming, because that's the point of most danger for most Christian leaders. When the times start going good and the churches become full and the crusades become big and there's overflowing and they're feeling kind of grand about themselves, he tells them, beware of the leaven, the yeast of the Pharisees, which is what? Hypocrisy. Acting. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. It's not going to be, well, God's going to protect you in your, what you've said or done because, you know, for his own work, he'll let you get away with the lies. It's not going to happen. In the Lord's way, his will, there is nothing covered that will not be revealed. Nothing hidden that will not be known, right? No creature hidden from him. Everything is laid bare before the sight of him to whom we must give account. It's all going to come out. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have spoken in the ear, in the inner rooms, will be proclaimed on the housetops. You may think it's hidden. You may think it's secret. It's going to come out. It's going to come out, and we're going to stand naked before God. He'll see it all. He sees it all. He'll show it all. So beware. Don't become like the hypocrites. Beware the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. God's leaders must be men of truth. They must be men and women that are sincere, that are keenly aware of who their boss is, what he's like, not trying to play some type of cosmic game, thinking he won't see, he won't know, not trying to act as on a stage to impress or move the people, but dedicated to telling his people the truth and showing his name holy among the nations. One last scripture teaches us as believers about the importance of truthfulness. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25, the apostle writes, Therefore, putting away lying, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. There's no place in the church for Ananias and Sapphira. There's no place in the church for shows and acts. We are one body. We belong to the Lord God. He sees it all. He wants a people that are truthful, and he wants Christian leaders that are truthful, and that will not allow the enemy to use deception and lies to bring down the work that they've done 
in the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you for the example we have in Saul, Lord. Father God, that you are no respecter of person, that even though you can anoint and allow great things to happen through your frail vessels, Father God, you will also reveal the truth and not allow your people to stand and walk in lies. Father, help us to be able to know truth, speak truth, be filled with your truth, for by your truth we are truly set free through your Son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. I know that it is difficult in today's fast-paced world to take time to write, but if you could drop us a postcard, your words of encouragement are most appreciated. Our address is Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Sunday service for Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle is held in Madison, Connecticut at the Madison Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison. Take I-95 to exit 61, go south to Route 1, turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. We are in the upper room of the yellow and white brick building. If you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, we welcome you to join us for worship, prayer, the Lord's Supper, and study in God's holy word. May the Lord keep you safe in his blessed hands, as with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you serve him.